You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello and welcome to episode number 92 of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle. Good to have you with us from our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., where the Brewers continuing this long road trip through Pittsburgh, then Philadelphia, and now wrapping it up here in Washington. Two more games to go at Nationals Park with the Brewers winning on Tuesday night to open up the series. There is a lot to cover, so let's jump into the past week for the Brewers. Been a tough week. A couple of really tough losses at the hands of the Pirates Wednesday and Thursday. Then a loss on Friday night at the hands of the Philadelphia Phillies to open at that series. Then on Saturday night, a wild one. Brewers get out to the big lead on the Phillies. They led 8-2 to two going into the eighth inning. Ended up getting that game tied before it was all said and done. The Phillies with a big comeback. And the Brewers coming back for the 9-8 to eight victory. Ryan Braun had one of the big blasts in that one. One ball, two strikes. Hellickson comes set, brings home the pitch, and Braun sends this into the air. Deep left center. Odubel Herrera goes back. He's at the warning track. It's gone. Three for three on the night now for Ryan Braun. A two-run home run, his 12th of the season, and the crew leads it 6 to nothing. Then Sunday, the Phillies winning the series with a victory over the crew. Monday, an off day in Washington. And then on Tuesday night, the crew opening up their series against the Nationals. It was a big one. Edwin Jackson on the hill for Washington. And Travis Shaw trying to break the game open already up 2-0. Ball in two strikes here on Shaw. Here's the pitch from Jackson. And Shaw gives this one a ride. A deep center. Long run for Goodwin. He's at the track. He's at the wall. And it is gone. Travis Shaw sends it out to left center. In the fifth inning, more fireworks from the crew. Shaw had just tied Eric Thames for the team high in home runs at 23, and Thames wasn't having that for long. Thames, rather, no longer sitting alone by himself on top of the Brewers' home run leaderboard. That might be changing. Thames, high, deep to right, and gone off the facade of the second deck. Eric Thames with number 24 absolutely destroyed that baseball. And it's 6 to nothing, Brewers. The Brewers went on to an 8 nothing victory and improved to 54-48 and 48 on the season, still leading the NL Central. That uh, lead has shrunk. It's gotten tighter, but the Brewers still in front in the NL Central by half a game as we talk today over the Chicago Cubs. Brewers 54-48, and 48, the Cubs 52-47. and 47. The Brewers also three and a half games up on the Pirates, four games up on the Cardinals, and 12 games up on the Cincinnati Reds. Brewers also made a trade on Tuesday night, and the crew, it's not a secret, looking to add a little bit to that bullpen, and the Brewers acquired right-handed reliever Anthony Swarzik from the Chicago White Sox in exchange for Ryan Cordell, the outfielder who was at AAA Colorado Springs. He was acquired last year in the Jonathan Lucroy-Jeremy Jeffress trade. 
David Stearns made the announcement. Swarzik's 31. He's 4-3 and three with a 2.23 ERA. Also has a save. He's made 41 appearances this year for the White Sox. He held opponents to a 216 batting average. Here's the real big nugget. He has posted a .56 ERA over his last 14 outings while holding opponents to a 193 average against him. He's an eight-year veteran, and he's having a breakout year at the age of 31, originally selected by the Minnesota Twins in the second round of the 2004 first-year player draft. Cordell's 25. He had had a nice year in AAA Colorado Springs. This looks like a trade that will help both teams. Uh, Brewers in the short term, and the White Sox getting a, a quality guy in Ryan Cordell uh, as a result of the deal also. All right, let's uh, jump into things. We're going to sit down with utility man, Hernan Perez. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go on again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. Had a chance in Philadelphia to talk to Hernan Perez about all things baseball, and also about his son Christopher, who's become not just a clubhouse star, but he's become a social media star as well with his impersonations of players on the Brewers' batting stances. But Ernon's certainly enjoying things right now in the role that he's in. Last year you made such an impact on that club with your versatility. It's been in play again this year. You were really primarily an infielder, and last year you started playing some outfield, and now it seems like you're you're as comfortable as you can possibly be out there. How how quickly did that transition happen for you? That was that was quick. I think took like a week to get get into the outfield. I figure right now playing everywhere in the outfield. I feel like a like I sign like outfield. Um, I try to to do my best. I work every day with Eddie. Uh, that, I think that was that that way that I I take part of the outfield. I'm keep doing keep doing my job and try to play every day. At the plate, you had a little bit of a slow start the first couple of weeks of the season, but since that point, you've been um, one of the more productive guys in this lineup uh, from a consistency standpoint. What changed for you after the first couple of weeks? I think it was all uh, chasing pitches. I was swinging really bad pitches. I, after that, I figured out that, that, was the, that was the mistake I was making, like swinging bad pitch and let it swing the ball into the air, swing, swing the ball high out of the strike zone. So I work on it. I, I always go to a catch with DC and work, work on the approach. And that, that really helped me a lot. Is that something you have to work on on a daily basis? It's not as simple as just saying, hey, I'm not going to swing at bad pitches anymore. Something you have to consistently work on and, and, and go back and look at your at-bats too to, to make sure you're in the right mindset? Yeah, yeah. I always go to, to the computer and watch my, my IB. When I was in that moment, like I was struggling the, the first two weeks. I was always going to the computer and watch watch what I was swinging at it and I was really swinging bad pitch like curveball in the dirt, changer in the dirt. Then I, I, I started to recognize the ball better so I made the adjustment. You know Craig Council before the year started said look Ernan is going to be our guy we're going to move him around a lot but we're going to make sure we get his at bats and and that's that's happened you haven't had to worry about am I going to be in the lineup every day you're, you're still getting your at bats even though you get moved around a lot is it nice to know you can trust that? Yeah, it's not. I, I know I may not play every day, but I know when they need me, they're going to look at me and they, he's going to put me there. I'm really thankful with, with Council. He gave me the opportunity to be here and to play almost every day, like you say. But every time he gives me the opportunity, I'm going to be there playing 
your son Christopher has become an internet star, uh, a social media star, if you will, with uh, one, just his personality in general, but two, his ability to impersonate different guys at the plate and their batting stance and their swings. Um, when did that begin? Did you start teaching it to him, or did he just kind of pick it up and then you guys went with it from there? No, no, I didn't teach him anything. I just... He just watched. He just watched, watched baseball. He loved baseball. He, when when we play, he always looking, look watching the game and try to pay attention to everybody. And he, like you said, he knows everybody's stand. He knows everybody number. And he's uh, he's, he's he's a bless. I think he he's gonna be a star in baseball. Do you sit back sometimes and think, wow, what an unbelievable life that he gets to grow up around this? And, and you, you do a great job of bringing him around and, and making him be a part of the game too, which is fun. That's what baseball is about is making it kind of for family. Yeah, for sure. I, I really like to bring him to a par and try to spend the more, the more time that I can with him because like this time we, we came here like 11, 11 day road three. I, w- I won't see him for 11 day. So I try to spend more time with him and be part, be part of the Brewer too. This clubhouse right now is really loose. Here you are, you're still a game up in the NL Central. It's getting towards the end of July, but you guys don't seem to have changed one bit. Is that kind of the key to why you guys have played so well? Yeah, that's the key, uh, 100%. I mean, we always, all year long, we've been like connected. The, the energy has been great for everybody. I think that's the key. Everybody's connected, we're having fun. And we don't worry about what happened last night or what happened two days before. The five games we had losing the street, we forget about it. Today, today start another series. Hernan, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. My thanks to Hernan Perez for joining us here on Brewers on Tap. Okay. The guy that teaches, helps, mentors Hernan Perez at the plate, Darnell Coles, Brewers hitting coach. His assistant is Jason Lane had a chance to talk to Jason Lane about all these home runs the Brewers have been hitting this year and what makes this offense tick. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, In 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty good it, job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be your plan. Uh, but once I got up, I, it was a little bit of a mentality. It was... Uh, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in uh, trying to do too much. Now for the clubhouse conversation. We're joined by Brewers assistant hit- hitting coach Jason Lane. And Jason, this has been a, a fun year, I know, for you guys to, to watch all these young guys come into their own and all the power that has shown up. What, uh, what has it been like for you kind of being a tutor to some of these guys throughout the course of this season? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been nice uh, being a second year in with a lot of the guys and building a little more trust and a little more relationship with each guy and understanding, you know, what their strengths are and what they need to work on and us getting on the same page. And, and uh, of course, you know, D.C. and I always always uh, doing our best to try to give them everything they need. And uh, guys are really starting to mature as hitters and, and uh, are working hard, and, and we're starting to see some of that pay off. With so many young guys, um, and obviously this, this club has a bunch of young guys up and down the lineup, you know, what, what is your message to them in terms of 162-game season? You don't want to overreact to, to many stretches here or there, but if you need to make some adjustments, that's what we'll work on. Yeah, just our message is just consistency and, and, and 
showing up every day and doing your job and preparing well and and never being caught off guard you know that uh, as a young player you got to realize the importance of of showing up and getting yourself prepared day in and day out to stay consistent because it's a long season and um, you know guys have a tendency when they're going good to let their guard down a little bit and the game will sneak up on you pretty quickly so I think we try to preach a consistent message um, and you know always trying to fine-tune things and and you know it's hard because it's you never have everyone clicking at the same time there's always someone who's going through a little something and need to work themselves out of it and you just hope the other guys uh, can who are going good can can carry the the load at that time and 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 try to get everyone else uh, clicking and I, I feel like we've done a good job of that we're going through a little test right now and and um, you know that's that's all part of it it's yeah. good teams you know work their way out of it and get through it and it, it's going to show who we are. How fun has it been for you, and what do you think the key has been to the development of Orlando RC as the season's gone along? Hitting in the eight spot's not easy for a young player when you have the pitcher hitting behind you, but he's handled it and really flourished. Yeah, I think, um, you know, just him getting more experience under his belt and, and getting some results, uh, you can see he's, he's a much more confident hitter now, and I think it just took him a little while to sort of get used to uh, the big leagues and then also that's getting familiar with with the league and seeing guys more than once so you can make adjustments you know when it's really hard for young players who, ha- who haven't seen guys and um, don't have anything to adjust off of you know and I think he's you know getting getting now about a full year a little over a full year under his belt seeing guys more than once and you know he's he's an aggressive hitter and he's he's uh, doing damage on mistakes he's not chasing as much and uh, when he gets a pitch, he's, he's putting uh, good wood on it, and he's, he's getting some results, and his confidence is, is going up, and he's really, uh, he's really come around. How important is it to get a guy like Eric Sogard now back who doesn't strike out much, gives you good at-bats, and, and can really set the tone at the top of the lineup? Uh, I think it's huge for us. You know, his on-base percentage and uh, being mid-400s mid and, and, and really setting the tone and getting on base for the middle of our order, our order is, a, is a huge thing. Um, you know, he sees a lot of pitches. He, he grinds out at bats, gives information to the rest of the hitters, and, and um, you know, it's, it's huge for us. It was a tough blow when he went down, but uh, it looks like he's healthy now and, and we'll get back in there, and I really think he sets the tone uh, for the offense. Travis Shaw has done a really good job specifically with off-speed stuff down and in. He's really hitting those pitches in specific very hard this year. Um, is that something you guys worked on earlier in the year, or is it just something he's always had? I think it's something he's always had. You know, he's a, he's a very uh, advanced, smart hitter. He has, he has a plan. He, he looks for his strengths, uh, and he's done a great job when he gets it of not, uh, not missing those. And, um, you know, he – He's having a one of our more consistent years. You know, he's he's been pretty steady all the way all the way through, and uh, I think a lot of that is is his own understanding of what he does well and and looking for that and then not missing it when he gets it. All right, Jason, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. My thanks to Jason Lane for joining us on Brewers on Tap. Well, it is trade season, and that means things get crazy around here. And uh, to help us try and make some sense out of all of it, I had a chance to sit down with Brewers Assistant General Manager Matt Arnold to talk about what this time of year is like. 
Let's break it down. Every time of the year has its own sense of busyness. Um, this one's certainly one that gets a lot of attention nationally. So uh, I'm sure the cell phone's been burning up and uh, you're keeping a charger close by right now. Every, uh, yeah, every few minutes we're charging it and it's been good. We get a lot of phone calls just staying in the loop. And I think that's the biggest thing for us is making sure we're, we're in play on a lot of these moves and, and uh, keeping track of the market. So it's, it's a fun time to stay busy and we'll see what happens over the next week or so. It's a fun time to stay busy, but at the same time when it's past, is it kind of one of those things where you take a deep breath and go, all right, regroup. It's okay now that that's past us. Yeah, you know, it's funny because there's always something. You know, you start with the draft and then you transition right into the international time and then you go right into the trade deadline and then we'll have the August waiver deadline. So we'll, I don't know if we'll really come up for air ever, um, you know, but, but uh, yeah, there are, there's always a new challenge on the calendar. When you look at how things get put out there, it seems like everybody's doing their research on everybody right now. That's what this process is, no matter which side of the equation you're on. And yet there's always a story linking someone here or someone there. Uh, does it make you chuckle sometimes? Because I think everybody's just doing their research, and you could probably write a story for any player out there uh, being associated to somebody. I think that's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I think everybody's doing their homework, and I think it's uh, it's part of just the process of, of doing your own due diligence. And, you know, sometimes the, the uh, stuff gets, gets out in the media that's not always true, and sometimes there is a little bit of truth to it. But, you know, we try not to pay too much attention to that. But, you know, sometimes we're chasing down rumors that we read about, and maybe there's some smoke to that on, on another end that, that leads us to something positive. So we're always trying to track down leads, and I think that's the biggest thing for us is just to make sure we do our homework. You and David have been consistent with your message that you always have an eye on the future. But, hey, this is a good team right now. This is a first-place team right now, so we want to do what we can to help this team win also. How much of that has been um, – has made this – a little bit more challenging over the, the, these last couple of weeks and this next week that we're leading up to. Yeah, no question. I mean, I think we'll, we'll, right now I think we'll, we know we have a really good team. I think we're, we're pretty proud of the guys, at least to this point, for sure. And, and I think we're gonna, we're, we have a really good chance to see this thing all the way through. Um, like we've talked about a little bit, we also have Chase Anderson coming back. We have Stephen Vogt coming back off the DL. We're activating Eric Sogard today, you know, a new presence on the top of the lineup there. I think will be really positive. So we have a lot of guys coming back, and, and uh, you know, uh, Willie Peralta is coming back. Um, Brandon Woodruff is another guy in our mix as well. So, you know, those, those moves, I think, in itself uh, are really positive for this team. Yeah, that's already a really good team, and we've already proven that, you know, to this point that we're still here in this, in this position. Obviously, you pay attention to what goes on around you when another division rival makes a move, and we know that the Cubs made one about a week ago. Is it dangerous to get into a game of now we have to counter that? You have to focus on yourselves, right, and what you think is going to make this team best suited this year and moving forward. I think that's a good, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, we'll look at a lot of the, the things that other our, our competition is doing, and certainly that that's a factor in our decision, but it's not going to be the driving force. You know, we want to make sure we evaluate our team um you know systematically and i think we're going to stay on top of the market and and if something happens to come uh and unfold for us we're going to try to see what we can do to help the team as this week gets closer we're nine days away now from the deadline how do the talks usually intensify because everybody's out there and some deals get made but then sense of urgency starts to set in four or five days from now how, how much more intense is this week still to still to come going to be yeah, there's a, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, I think you're, you you have a lot of people that are that are calling and a lot of people that are asking questions about our players, and that's a good thing when they call. So that that shows that they have some interest in our guys, and also, you know, making sure we we explore the the opportunities that we have in front of us. And so it's certainly um, 
you know, increases, I think, the, the urgency there in terms of timing, just with the, the artificial deadline there on July 31st. But at the same time, you know, we want to make sure that we're, um, you know, we're, we're on top of those guys. And if there's a way to help the team, we'll certainly do the best we can. Man, we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Lane. Checking in on the farm. Well, as we go down on the farm, it's been a busy week for the Brewers affiliates. Triple A Colorado Springs still 60 and 39, leading the American Northern Division of the Pacific Coast League. And there's been a lot to talk about with the Sky Sox. And Mauricio Dubon is really doing some great things. He's now hitting 280 for the season for Dubon since he's been called up to Triple A. What a year he's put together between Double A and Triple A. It's been really good to see. Angel Ventura is pitching extremely well. He pitched very well on Tuesday night again uh, for the Sky Sox. And Keon Broxton, of course, has been sent down to Colorado Springs. And he's off to a good start. He has four hits in his first two games as a member of the Sky Sox. The Sky Sox also getting some good production out of Lewis Brenson. He went two for four on Monday night with a couple of runs, a double, triple. He has been on an absolute tear, hitting over 400 since getting sent back down back in June. Double-A Biloxi is 13-18 and 18 in the second half of their season in the Southern League South Division. And what a night for Luis Ortiz on Tuesday night. He went seven innings, gave up just four hits, and just one earned run. He continues to pitch extremely well. And that rotation, really very strong. As Aaron Wilkerson had a big, big night, a nine-inning complete game shutout on Sunday. It was a pretty special performance all the way around. He allowed just two hits. He walked just one. He struck out seven. In two starts last week, he went 2-0 with a 1.29 ERA. 14 innings pitched, and just two earned runs allowed, two walks and 12 strikeouts for Aaron Wilkerson. Really good to see him having a, a very good, very strong 2017 season. Class A advanced Carolina is 14-18 and 18 in their second half of the season. Corey Ray hit his fifth home run of the season on Tuesday night, and uh, it's been a good second half. Isan Diaz has got some stuff going for the crew. Uh, the Cruz Class A advanced affiliate Lucas Ursig continues to swing a better stick after a slow start to the year. And Cody Ponce is pitching well also uh, as an innings eater for those Mudcats. Class A Wisconsin. Big story here is Keston Hira. He's been moved up to Class A now after spending a few weeks down in Arizona in the Arizona League. And uh, just looking back at uh, Monday night, Keston Hira, two for four with a double and two RBIs. He has been off to a sensational start to his pro career. He's batting 432 with 20 runs, six doubles, six triples, four home runs, and 23 RBIs so far between the Arizona League and the Midwest League. He is 11 for 26 with two runs, three doubles, a triple, and five RBIs just since joining the T-Rats. It's basically in the matter of one week for Keston Hira, and hopefully he'll be able to play in the field a little bit by the end of August. Pioneer League, the Helena Brewers are sitting at uh, 15 and 19 through Monday's games and getting some good play from Chad McClanahan. He homered on Tuesday night uh, for his third home run of the season. And in the Arizona League, the rookie Arizona Brewers are 17 and 6 coming into Tuesday's action. 
So they continue to play really good baseball. Tristan Lutz has been good. He had another home run the other day as well. Another name to keep an eye on when it comes to the Brewers minor leagues and their prospects. New MLB Pipeline Top 100 list came out earlier this week. Brewers originally had five members of their organization on that Top 100 list, among the best in baseball. But now it's grown to a sixth member as Isan Diaz entered the Top 100 on Tuesday with the graduation of a prospect up the list a little bit. So now the Brewers with six top 100 prospects. You've got Isan Diaz, Keston Hira, Corey Ray, Luis Ortiz, Lewis Brinson, and Brandon Woodruff all being members of the MLB Pipeline Top 100. Okay, let's see what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. Here is what is on tap for the crew. It's the Cubs coming to town this weekend. Friday, 7-10 start. Saturday, a 6-10 start. Sunday, a 1-10 start. And then the Cardinals come to town Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week. 6-40 start on Tuesday night. Wednesday's a 7-10 start. That's Hello Kitty night. Special ticket package includes a Hello Kitty tote bag. And Thursday is a 1-10 afternoon start. Kids and seniors discount day. Half-price tickets for kids and seniors. That is going to do it for us and episode number 92 of Brewers on Tap. Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you next week from Miller Park.